Welcome everybody to this dance. Excuse me. Okay. Is there other people here who are completely new to Satsang? Okay. Just a few. Okay. So with whatever way you're sitting right now, you can find where there's stillness inside you. And if your eyes are closed, try opening, opening them and see if the stillness has changed in any way. Now, if your mind was never again to say, oh, but this is boring. Oh, but I need the pain in my left hip to go. Oh my God, I forgot to pay my visa bill. If your mind was never to run that chit-chat again, what would be wrong with that stillness that's inside right now? It's only your mind that tells you it's not good enough, that there's something wrong, that it's incomplete, it's your mind. And it's just been believed for a very long time. So we spend our, you know, maturing years, our early years, our middle years, and our maturing years, reinforcing our perception of the world, what we think the world is, and revising our opinions and softening our opinions and getting tougher on our positions. And, and all we're doing is moving the furniture around, really, in order to protect who you think you are, to protect the body-mind, to protect the personality. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing, making it better for the personality. Whereas beneath all of that, or prior to all of that, if your attention is there, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. My mind will say, yeah, but that's no good because I have, you know, a full-time job and a stressful scenario at home. And it's like, that's just mind. These things will continue and you'll do your best. But beneath all of that, prior to story, prior to your story about you, accessing that, letting your attention rest there, It's only your mind that'll tell you it's not good enough. It's only your mind that'll tell you, no, no, that's, that, that, there must be something more. And so the story of you, that's all we're going to talk about this weekend, is the stories. That's what we do. We're, we're story-making machines. That's part of the human species. We tell stories, huh? You know, and... If we were bees, we'd be telling stories like, this is where you can find honey, you know, you go up this way, and then you hang left, and then you go northeast, and that's where there's honey, and that's what bees do, no? They do this flight pattern to tell each other where, where to find some food. That's their story. It's all about survival. And we don't have to cope with survival anymore in the same way. But our story-making mechanism has run amok. 
And we make stories and stories and stories about everything and keep trying to improve the story. And if somebody has you know, no story, it's almost like, they're very quiet, what's wrong with them? You know? So who are you without your story? And is it okay not to have a story? Because what you really are doesn't have a story. We can point to it and say, yeah, you can know it by peace, or you knew it as a kid, because you just knew that adults were a little bit crazy and got obsessed about things and made huge issues out of nothing, really. And life was simple. So the seeds of it were there, it just didn't mature very well. The ego came on top and buried it. And here we go now, peeling back the ego and maturing what was naturally there, some wisdom that we all had when we were young. So even though we're going to spend the weekend talking about your story, trying to understand it from another perspective, seeing if you can loosen your attachment to your story, if you can see that it's just story. You know, and, and recently at, at a satsang, and it was a week-long uh, residential retreat, five or six days, and a guy came up and he said, I want to talk about my marriage, but I, it's just killing me that you're going to call it, I just call it a story. And I'm like, okay. Is it more than a story? I absolutely could not go there. He said, yes, it's my wife, it's my life, it's my marriage. And that's not a story. You know, could not see it, could not see it, that the attachment was there. It was just too significant. So while somebody else can come up and talk about something that, you know, like, yeah, it's interesting and I might have the same mental pattern, but their life situation is quite different to mine. You'll easily be able to see, ah, oh, that's their story. No problem. No problem. But to them, oh no, it's not a story. So with regards to your own stories, they are just stories. It's not to dismiss them, but it's to see them for what they are, so that you can loosen your grip on stories. So your self-image is a story. Your career is a story. The virtues, the kind of person that you believe you are, is a story. Because it changes, you know, you're probably quite different to who you were five years ago, you know. Experiences happen and they turn us a little bit. And... So the story changes, it's not even consistent. How the heck can it be what you are? See that your story is a story. And you'll find, you know, what would be the point of taking anything, taking anything personally unless something touched your story? Why would you take something personally if you knew it was a story? And if you take nothing personally, if that's the only thing you can take away out of tonight, it's the only thing that rings true, don't take anything personally ever again. A great weight would be lifted from your phenomenal life and a door opening to much, much more. Don't take anything personally. Nothing is about you, it's about story. It's somebody else's story of your story. Or your story about somebody else is coming back on you. What is it but story? That's our species, we're story-making machines. It's how we communicate, it's how we get by, because we can't live solo. We can't, we're not, we're, we're not hermit. We need each other to procreate and to survive. And we help each other, that's how we live as a species. We've got to work as, as a community. So we've got story. That's all it's for. It's just a tool for getting by as a species. 
It's not you. Never was you. See if you can leave your story behind or leave the attachment to your story behind. No, I thought they were trying to connect. Mm. So there's a Jack O'Keefe story. And I'll tell you a bit about the Jack O'Keefe story and watch to see how your mind engages with the story. Just watch it, just to understand that part of us that just feels we have access into something, connection or intimacy or understanding through story. It's just how the brain works. Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. So if you can get a handle on how your body-mind works, there's some distance for you to explore what you really are. And you can see this is just a mechanism that, you know, that that pure, whatever it is, whatever word you want to use, truth, beyond all of it, emptiness, fullness, God, universe, energy, I mean, any word would do, they're all the same. That which you really are operates through this local machine, this local thing, because it's in a time and a place, so it's a localised perceiving machine, no? And it has to have story, because that's how the localised perceiving machine works. It ain't you. And you can fix your story your whole life. You can invest a fortune in making it more peaceful and more acceptable and making it look better and feel better and last longer. And, and that's fine, you know, we, we do that. But it's actually not important at all. There's so much more. What you really are is just sitting there waiting. You still want to dance with your machinery, the machinery that gives you a localised perception into this thing that you've created called the universe. You see, it's just a local, a little, like a, you know, a thing that, that comes out of a, a viewing point that comes out of a submarine, you know, and just looks around, you know, it's just like, okay, this is my local position and this is how it looks from here, and whoop, submerge under water again. The body-mind is a bit like that, you know? It gives you a, a capacity to see the movie from within the movie. But sure, it's not what you are. It's just a mechanism. And, and of course, the pull to satsang happens, even if you resist it or you, you, you don't know why you're here. It doesn't matter. The same thing happens to all of us. There's something that wants more. There's something that wants more. And really, it's just the mind. It's, it's just the mind imagines there must be more. It's kind, of, it's kind of not good enough, or it's empty, or there's something lacking. Sure, of course, because if you think of your body mind, of course there's something lacking, because you're not. <coughs> you know deep down you're not. You know there's more. But when mind is seen through, when it's understood to be what it is, when you get a handle on how, how, how you work as a human being, my goodness, what you really are is just there all the time. And the only thing that has a problem with it is the mind who's kind of greedy and wants the better story. That's what it does. It just wants to make a story out of what you are. But there's no story in what you are, you see. There's no story. How is there a story in stillness, in emptiness, in nothing happening, in, in that which is beyond what we can talk about. How, how, how is there a story in that? So mind can't go there because it can't make a story out of it. I could put those labels on it, but their story too. 
just to encourage you to go in to where there's no story. And there's a huge phenomenal freedom in seeing that your story is a story, that it's not you. You know, it's like your role, you might have the role of a lover and of a parent and of a, a, an employer, an employee, you know, a keep fit fanatic and whatever else, you know. They're roles, they're just roles. You know, can't you see that your roles are just different, different aspects of the personality that come out depending on what's required? But you're not any one of those things. They're just roles. They're more stories. They're like categories of stories. That's all they are. So you never find who you are at the end of a story. It's not about improving the story until, until then it's all okay. The story-making machine continues on forever until the body stops, because that's what the body-mind will do. But there is an ability in what you really are to know that you are beyond story. You know it. Your mind can't do much with that, but, it, but you know it. That there's something beyond all of this and that that's somehow home. That's somehow calling you or it resonates or whatever word you want to use. But that something else will be grasped by mind to make a story out of it and bring it here so I can see the truth and I can be enlightened and I can, and it's like, the story-making machine wants even that. It wants non-story. It even wants that, you know? But loosening the attachment to who you think you are, to the body-mind mechanism, to the story-making mechanism, to the functioning mind, to the thinking mind, to the planning mind. These are just tools that you have. You as pure consciousness, pure awareness, purity itself, you as that. Utilizing a magnificent machine just for the fun of it. Believing your own experience and then wanting to unbelieve it because there's something empty in believing your own story, in believing in your own phenomenal reality. It becomes empty. Huh? Anybody totally lost? Gobbledygook to anybody? It's okay, it's a story. <laughs> <laughs> So because it's the back to story, right, the Jack story. So <clears throat> let's see, let's see what happens, right? So like however you listen to the last 10 minutes and let's see how you listen to the next 10 minutes when we talk about story. Let's, and just observe what goes on, how, how, what goes on for you? Do you get really pulled in the story or what, what happens, what happens? Because this way you can, you can see how your mind works, huh? And how you get sucked in and believing everything to the fact that you've lost access to what you really are. You see? Reared in Ireland, farmer's daughter, number six of, in the family, youngest of six girls, strong work ethic, very violent father, no alcohol, not your kid, but a total Catholic pioneer, and uh, strong work ethic, 
And it's funny, like, went into therapy at 19 because it's like, I'm screwed up in some way. I'm, I'm screwed up. I know I'm not seeing the world like, like my friends are. There's, there's something wrong with, I don't have enough tools. I, there's something wrong here. And luckily, therapy was free in university at the time. I probably still is, actually. And so it's like, oh my God, somebody can let me talk about me and bleh, and bum about this stuff. And so therapy continued for eight years. Well after university, it was still like, I need to do this. I need someone to do this. And my husband at the time was like, why are you going to that place? Why are you continuing with this years and years later and you come home every week and you're bawling crying and you're in pieces and I'm trying to put together you again like so that you can go to work the next day and what are you doing with parents? I'm like, I don't know, but I have to do it. I just have to do it. And it's going to end someplace. I don't know and I don't care, but I know I have to do it. So anyway, the years go by. Studied theology, trying to look for, well, well what's God? I mean, what, what's all that thing about anyway? And Catholicism, you know, it's what actually theology in Ireland is Catholicism. And I didn't know that at the time. So uh, after three months, it's like, oh my God, this is just religion. This isn't God. This isn't what God is about at all. This is just religion. And so finished out the degree, made me an atheist, and absolutely made loads of Catholics atheists in Ireland during the following <laughs> tenure period. <laughs> it just made sense that, well, you know, religion is, is, is group fear, is stimulating stimulating fear in a large group of people so that they can be controlled. And it made perfect sense. And there was no sense of a message that was underneath it, that religions were preserving. Couldn't see it, couldn't see it. It was too angry and needed to exclude that part of my life. Then at 30, the third eye opened and dead people appeared everywhere. And it was like, okay, I'm having an acid trip. I must be having an acid trip because I'm seeing things. It's like the movie The Sixth Sense, except it's really happening here, what's going on. And so uh, a week later, from having like, mm, gosh, I mean, so can you imagine like just dead people appearing all around, hanging off the ceiling and, and then physically moving your body and pushing you around the place. And the fear that, that this stirred up because you're like, I, I don't even have control over my body because the, even if I kill myself, they have more access to me. It's like, I, I've no, I, I couldn't stop it. In any way, I couldn't stop it, you know? And, you know, I was practical and grounded, so it's like, I'm not going crazy. I'm, I haven't lost my marbles, so at some level, this stuff is real. This is happening somewhere. I'm going to have to understand what this is. And so it led to a few years of investigating, okay, what's energy work? What's, what does happen when we die? Why don't we just disappear? Like, that was much more convenient, the belief system. And so, <clears throat> as the years went by, I was being chipped, chipped and shift and shift away and everything that I thought, no, it's like this, it's like, actually, maybe not, maybe not. Wherever there was a rigid belief system, it got chiseled away, chiseled away. And, uh, yes, chanting, chanting drew me in at some point. It's just like, you know, there's something about chanting. If I chant, somehow, somehow, everything's okay. There's rest, there's peace. There's joy, there's kind of bliss. So, wh what is it on the vibration of sound? And so I started to use sound as a mechanism for healing and teaching chanting and using sound to break up blockages in people's body and just 
I don't know what I'm doing, but this works, but this works, this works. There was a moment of like, actually, I'm now really busy in my work, but I still need to go in. I'm okay in terms of the ego is solid enough. I love myself. I'm capable. I'm an alright person. I'm plodding along. Where is this going? This is just kind of my job now, but there's, there's more. There's more. There, there must be more. And I couldn't find it in anything. Everything was dry. Nothing was pointing me deeper because at the time New Age had exploded and New Age, well, New Age is New Age. It's fine, but it's a, it's a lovely distraction and it gives you loads of spiritual experiences and it's fine. But that's its limitation also. One day, it came into my head that, you know, all I know that I can trust is light. Somehow, like when I chant, there's a feeling of light. I'm just going to follow the light. Okay, what's the light? Okay, the sun is light, perhaps. Anything other than that is very new agey, and I felt I had to move from that. And so I lived in a tent on a beach in the south of Spain for three months. Rang my husband once a week and said, I just have to, I have to just follow the light and sit in this and find out what am I going to do with my life now? And what, 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 what do I do now? Where do I go? How come I'm still searching? I've done all this. There's no other road open in front of me. What am I going to do now? And I ended up um, doing a, a retreat with a meditation group. I had no Spanish at all at the time, and it was kind of part of the idea was to go to a country where I couldn't speak the language anyway, where I'd never studied it at all, so that I would just have to be alone and have to just sit and see, well, what's going on now? What's going on? What, what stories have been played in my mind? And so at that retreat, um, a spook appeared, and... and um, I've been watching you for eight years since you first saw Spooks. And you're ready to follow me now. And I'm like, really? I'm ready to follow somebody? Yeah, sure. Right. Follow a guy? No. No, no, no. It's like, yeah, um, you know, you, you've done quacky things and you've gone to South America and you've gone, you've done your ayahuasca and you've done your sweat lodges and you, anything I could find, any, anything at all. And it was all dry. And he said, it's now time to follow a spiritual teacher, a guru. You're a guru. Because you can call it what you like, but this is the way forward. And I did, and I ended up in India. And looking back, it was the only, it was actually the only way that would break down that layer of resistance. Because it's, it's really, I think it's very few people who need to follow a spiritual teacher, who absolutely need to follow one person. There's, there's very few people who need to, need to do this. I needed to do it because, first of all, I didn't trust men. Men in authority? Absolutely no. So, male teacher, perfect. <laughs> Secondly, I totally believed I could do it on my own. You know, independent, strong woman. I could do this alone. I can do this alone. Perfect. It's like, maybe you have to surrender a little bit. So, when you can do something on your own, invariably, you don't really trust anybody. Because you have to carry the can for yourself. So, why would you really trust anybody? Perfect. Follow a spiritual teacher because you have to totally put all your eggs in their basket. Totally. It worked for this one. It worked. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, ended up in India for a few years, for four and a half, five years, something like this. And there, um, sure, something happened to the neurology of this brain. And now we know that the self-referencing mechanism, called, it's also called the default mode network, 
It's the part of your brain that runs every piece of information through the concept of me. So I'm looking at the clock, the exit sign, the door. I see it and I'm here in relation to these pieces of the room. So it's just, uh, it's just the story-making machine that puts you into the story that you're perceiving. So this is the default mode network and this burns out and that's what's called enlightenment. And it's only recently that we know what it is. I think it's 2001 that some neurologist coined the phrase default mode network. Because even in India, I knew my, something is breaking in my brain. Something is actually pulling apart from something else. I'm just going to end up in a psychiatric hospital. Okay, fine. If that's what's going to happen, that's fine. I'll go for it. It's fine. I, I mean, what else, you know? I, I don't know. So there was that looseness around, look, whatever you want to do with me, just do it, you know? There was no other direction to follow at the time. So looking back now, yes, enlightenment is a neurological shift, for sure. The ability to see from the personal perspective dies. The ability to take things personally dies. It's just not working. It's just not working. And for some, it does seem that it, it can grow back. For some, it does seem like if the work doesn't continue in some way, the refining of consciousness, the, the move to, um, to, to evolve as a human being, if all of that stops and there's something not burnt out, some kind of arrogance or stubbornness, if there's something not burned out, yeah, the self-referencing mechanism. If desire isn't burned out, for sure, the self-referencing mechanism. It'll crank up again. It'll start to fire again, the neurological pathways. I have seen where the truth, the truth is seen in people, and they're great satsang speakers, but their life has nothing at all to do with what they speak about. And that's out there too. It's just another way it can happen. So yes, enlightenment is, is a, a phenomenon happening, but what increasingly is happening now is that it's much more gentle. It's not a sudden, abrupt thing as it was in my time. We're, we're, we're constantly evolving. And with the availability of this material, you know, you can wear your kids, you can have a job and still be, be going within. You don't have to separate and live in a, in a tent for three months in the south of Spain. You don't have to spend a few years in India just like not knowing what you're doing, not speaking to anybody for weeks on end, just being in silence. Sitting all day just waiting for the body to move because you were no longer obeying your brain. And you're just sitting there. Just let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And if the body moves, the body moves. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And you find, you know, you eat, you pee. You don't do much else, really. <laughs> Might have a shower, you know. Then it wants to exercise after a few days and doesn't want to do a whole lot, you know, if you take it out of life. But this, the way we're moving now, it's like this, look, look at YouTube, it wasn't there in my time. Look, look at all what's available now, it's like we can slowly, slowly drip feed in pointers to what you really are and integrate it in your life. So there is very rarely now a huge neurological burnout that leaves you incapacitated for days, shaking for days, which was kind of the norm in my time. And it's only like 10 years ago, you know? But, but we've changed a lot. We're, we're changing. We're, we're at a time of, you know, uh, fast revolution right now. And so, whatever neurology is going to, is going to shift or has shifted, 
It's generally a gentle thing. What happens increasingly is that people don't even know, post the burnout of the default mode network, they don't even know that the personal eye isn't running because you can't see yourself. Because if you've no self-referencing mechanism, how would you know that you're not there? You don't know you're not there. So it has to be verified from the outside because you've no way of registering it at all. And that's kind of an interesting thing. It's that, you know, a couple of years later, it's like, when did you take something personally last? When did you believe a thought last? What's real? Is this real? Are you real? It's these kinds of questions that, that people discover, gosh, is, 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 is that, is, the seeking stopped and no, there's no me and none of this is real, and, but, but that's enlightenment? That's what I was looking for? <laughs> and invariably, it's a letdown. Because mind wants target, goal, we are goal-oriented beings, you know, and we want something to aim for, and that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and that's what I'm going for. And enlightenment isn't like that at all. It's just the death of who you thought you were. That's all it is, it's the death of who you thought you were. But you can't help but wanting it, because that's what mind will do with the story of enlightenment. That's what it will do with the story. But of course it doesn't want it, it doesn't want its own death. So there's a bit of a Jack story. Do you have questions? Yeah. What we're going to do, just, just so that people can, can, uh, can hear, and for a second reason, is that when you come up to the chair at satsang, part of your ego dies. Because you've got to come up and expose whatever is, is going on for you. So it, 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 it makes you be quite precise about what you want to say, but also it's really good to just expose this is, this is what I'm not, and this is the story, and this is the loop, and this is what's happening. And so this is why we have a chair at Satsang. It's part of the whole process. Just gonna ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess I did this. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, better now. So, during the spook phase, if we can call it that. Sure. You, I, I've listened to your uh, stuff on YouTube, so I've got a little more background about that. You, you talked about a man who came to the foot of your bre- mm. bed who mm. told you they just need love because you mm. th- told him, I don't have anything for you, get out of here. Yes. And then he said, they just want love. And then, yes. and then you, uh, well, okay, you want to go ahead. Yeah, he's the same guy that appeared eight years later. Oh, the same? It's oh, the same I didn't guy. know it was the same guy. It's the same guy, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the same guy. Okay, that... Yeah. Because that was, okay, that's a huge thing to know that was the same one. I thought this was someone new that came eight years later. Yeah, no, it was the same guy. And how it connected was when he appeared at that retreat in Spain, his first question, his first statement was, do you remember me? And I was like, no. You know, it's like, Jesus, spooks, you know, come on, give me a break. And, and he opened his hands, and what I saw was the foot of the bed, and a guy standing at the end of the bed, and he said, that was me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. So it was the same guy. And you also said that this was a living person, so his 
form came to you, but he's actually alive and he was teaching in Spain. Yes. Which... Yes. He's still alive. I've never physically met him. But really? Yes, I've never met him. No, physically, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, the question is, going to, helping these um, spirits by loving them, it seems to be a story of doing good, if you, the classic thing, go to the light, I'm helping you go to the light. So that's another story. Sure, it's all story. It's all story. <clears throat> but, but as human beings, we can't deny story. All we can do is recognize that it's story. In, in the creation of consciousness itself, like pure consciousness or whatever you call that, pure awareness, as, as, as it morphs into non-dual and dual and the duality. You know, like, okay, so, so we've got pure awareness. And then they call it the Big Bang. And something appears to exist. And there's existence itself. And then there's something that must exist. Okay? When something must exist, it splits into two, and there's this and that, subject, object. Now we have duality. All right, so that's a very simple way of putting it. The thread that continues in all of manifestation as it rolls out from pure consciousness into a dualistic framework, which we're, where we're talking from now, there's a thread underneath it all, and it's love. And I didn't yes. believe it for years, <laughs> yes. but it's love. It's underpinning everything. It's there. It's the one continuous thing through everything. And I poo-pooed it for years, and I was like, love, 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 for goodness sake. You know, it's, it's deeper than love, it's more profound than love, and it's like... <sighs> Did I get that wrong? It's like, the, the, you know, absolutes, like absolute beauty, absolute love, absolute truth, uh, where, where, where the essence of something itself is there before it turns into manifestation, before it becomes form. So, like, you, you might be listening to music and it's like, oh, I kind of opened a door to something. There's access to that which is, hmm. You know how something can open a door into, some experience can open a door into something beyond? Yes. So, so that's access to an, to an absolute, to something where there's nothing else. There's just nothing else. The body-mind has an experience. You will find, if you investigate what that is, it's always love. It's always love. It comes up as peace, as joy, as bliss, as calmness, as emptiness. But there will always be love. So, after this... Um, well, you started by giving them love, but then... There was a phase, you called it your Ghostbuster phase. Yeah. So what happened between giving them love and Ghostbusting? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> word spread quickly, apparently. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're, I was an arts consultant, a freelance arts consultant at the time, and, and then all of a sudden I was telling some friends about seeing spooks, so it was like, Jesus, do you know what happened to Jack O'Keefe, you know? 
And then, and then a call came in from somebody saying, look, um, I heard through a string of people and there really is something in my house. It's haunted. It really, there's something in my house. Pictures jump off the wall, da, 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 all kinds of things happen. I'm like, oh my God, okay, okay. And so it started a ghost busting. And I called it ghost busting because every part of my being wanted to run a thousand miles from it because it was way too flaky, 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 flimsy. Not an image I wanted to invest in. It was like, you know what, Jack, stick your nose in it and call it ghost busting because that's what it is. So I did just to make myself uh, cringe <laughs> and turn my image into something that I would have run a mile from. I was way too cool to be a ghostbuster, you know? I remember you didn't tell, the, uh, you didn't talk to the press. No one knew no, that you were doing it except no. word of mouth. Word of mouth, yeah. All word of mouth, yeah. So two things were needed. Invariably love was needed for every spook to leave a house. And sometimes they also needed understanding to like let go of the scenario, to accept that they had died, to, to, to usually they were, they, they, they were hanging around because they believed that they had mm, not fulfilled their responsibility or what they had promised to do, or they made a mess of something. And it was almost a payback and they were hanging on. So very often it was like, it was okay. an emotional attachment. An emotional attachment, thank you, yes. And so in talking to them with their story and saying, gosh, you know, but, but that must be 200 years ago because you don't know what electricity is. You, you don't know what a car is. We're looking at over 100 years ago. Okay. Like, so, so in giving people understanding, it's like, whoa, oh my God, I'm, I'm in the wrong dimension then, aren't I? So with understanding, the mind releases. And then love can come in. So it's like we got to work with the mind and then drop into the heart. And that's what we do at satsang too. It's like you kind of need understanding for what's going on in your mind. You got to understand who you, how it works, how your thinking process works and why you think. And then, and then going within, you end up dropping into the heart and the heart empties out. And that purity comes in. So the methodology was even there way back then, but sure, of course, I was way too busy to see it, you know? So why was it dry? In other words, you said you were doing, you were, quote, doing love. Yeah. In effect, you could say you were doing love for these, bringing love to these spirits, yeah. but it was dry. So what, what yes. was going on that made it dry? Yes, there was a yearning in here that wasn't being satisfied. There was just an internal, there's more. So it was, more. it was more like head love rather than just... I think it was, uh, no, it was compassion. It but was? it was from a dualistic perspective. Because it was me loving the spook. You know, and me kind of like channeling divine love if I could. I was like trying to find what's, what's... Surely there's a source of love that's greater than the love that I can give. And tuning into that. But it was still from a dualistic perspective. And that has to go. Hmm. So the dualism itself leads to the dryness. Yes, correct. And dualistic love, that's such a watered-down version of love. It's very watered-down. Okay. Thank you. Sure. The chair is open. Let your body come up if somebody feels an urge.
Perfect. Good for you. Hi. Hi. They call me Jeff. <laughs> Do they call you Jeff? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Been in a real. Um, when I was 18, I kind of started this search, you know. And I got. Um, I got pretty frustrated, you know, after a few years of doing that, reading every book, and I think I threw them all away. Okay. I kind of regretted that later. But, you know, I was like, man, I'm no better off after reading all these books. And, uh, and recently, there's been a, a real push to study non-duality. Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a really real push to study non-duality. When I first uh, studied it, it was just, uh, it just seemed to rip my head apart, and I was, it made me kind of depressed, and I was just, yeah. I was like, I just do not understand this. And I was just, I read a book, who was it? Well, it doesn't matter who it was. I can't even remember, but Jed, Jed McKenna. Uh -huh. I read his book, and it just, uh -huh. man, this is too hard. And then, um, but for some reason, I just kept really being interested in that and drawing back into more and more. And I've, I, uh, I've probably read 20 books on non-duality in the last month. Ah, so, okay. It's yeah. coming hot and heavy. Okay. Really? Yeah. Um, and I get up every morning and, you know, and I read and I sit still and, you know, what else am I going to do? What else can I do? I don't know really what what kind of responsibility the ego can have for, for waking itself up or, or however you want to put it. But I'm figuring if I just put myself in the way of grace, then maybe it'll land on me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have felt a, kind of a more sense of peace when I'm driving just driving down the street and I have all the same problems that I used to have but yet I don't I don't really seem to worry about them too much anymore I just feel kind of a, a piece that I can't understand and sometimes I think I'm a fool for doing that because um, like, man you better get on the ball and make some money because you're going to be out on the street and you know, my mind comes in and tries to make me afraid Yes. And everybody else is trying to, you know, teach how to be rich and, you know, make money yes. and do all that. And it's like, man, I'm just not even interested in that. But yet, where is my responsibility? I have a family. I have a home. I have things I have to do. And and uh, as a as a personal sense, you know, there seems to be a a, a pretty high level of responsibility to my family and, and my friends and, and whatever else. But when I look at it from a dualistic perspective, I have no responsibility. And that is kind of a mind bender for me. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. It's, right, from, from the perspective of the Jeff character, sure, there's things that need to happen. Sure, if you've got dependence and yourself, you, you know, sure, you've got to make some money. Okay. If there, is a, if there is a weight to the idea of having to do that, that's what I would be after. The task itself of making some money is not a problem. 
but feeling that it's my responsibility or it's my duty or I don't want to do it or I do want to do it and I shouldn't do it. Or it's like, hold on, all of that dialogue, that's what we get rid of. All of that dialogue. Sure, work for a living. Why not? You have to do something. Why not? Chop wood, carry water. Absolutely. Chop wood, carry water. Do what mm. you got to do. But do it without the ideas about it. It's the ideas about it that are going to trip you up. Mm. You see? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Are there spaces, okay, there's, there's a space when you're driving. It's like a zone happens, it seems. And is it that there's no Jeff there? No, it's, it's just, I guess it's not just when I'm driving. It's just basically lately I've just, before I was in just absolute torment all the time, I was just like, oh, God, my mind was giving me so much trouble. And it sometimes does still, but now there's more of a, a sense of, of peace that I can't really explain because nothing's really changed in my external world. Right. It's just that, yeah, something's I just, happening. I just feel, you know, peaceful. Yeah, something's and, moving. Yeah, and I'm, and then my mind will come in and go, yeah, but <laughs> yes, mind. You're deluding yourself. <laughs> yes, mind will come in and do that. Yeah, well. you're fooling yourself, man. You just had one too many cups of coffee today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so do you believe mind when it starts doing that? Do you kind of tighten up again? Ah, uh, yeah. It it um it knows right where to hit you. Ah, okay. You know, I've. Yeah, I can still st- believe it. You still believe it. I can. I try to. I try to be an observer and just kind of watch it. Yes. But it all it sucks me in, and it then I get in. It, I read a book. They called it grabbing points. Okay. It was interesting. You know, yeah. anything that that the mind grabs onto and it sticks onto, uh-huh. that's where you. That's yes. where you're. you're that's where the work of, has to be done. That's where that's it has the to velcro. Be done. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So just have it where nothing can stick. It's where nothing where can I want stick. To get get to you know. Yes. You see, <clears throat> whatever story that mind presents to you that you believe, that's your button. Right. And the same story isn't going to be the same button for somebody else. They'll right. have their own story. Mind will always lure you in. It will always present a story that works. Because the stories that don't work, you don't hear them. There's all kinds of stories running. But the ones that you're interested in are the only ones you think are running. Mm. Do you see? Mind is busy all the time. Yeah, I, I see lots of layers way yes. deep that I can barely see them. Yes. You know, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And, yes. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, it's annoying. I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll, I'll be trying to be still and one of the top 40 songs is just playing in my head. I sure. cannot get it to go away. Sure. <laughs> but that's okay. If the volume is low and it sounds like, like when you're in the car and in that zone... The volume is low. Perfect. Perfect. The believable ones is when the volume comes up. Right. So it's never about the content of what that thought. The content is BS. That's for sure. But the thought, if it has the ability to make you believe it, okay, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. It's the believability that's the problem, not the content. It's not the content of the story at all. You see, if we believed it was the content of the story, then we'll forever go into that story, rationalize that one. Mind will present another one that's believable. It's almost like there's glue around some thoughts. Mm-hmm. There's glue. It doesn't matter what the content is. 
You stick to it, and now you're in the story of the content, and you've got to figure out the content. You don't have to figure out the content. You only got to rec- Pardon? You don't have to figure out the solution. No, to the there's no solution because mind has you. If you want to, fi- if you're in there to figure out the solution, mind has you. It's like okay, you're in there now. You're dancing now with your mind. Right. You're gone. You're lost. Yeah. And it's just going. The same technique is going to happen again and again and again. You see? Yeah. So you've got to see the technique for what it is. It's like whoa! I'm not going into the middle of that story around having to make money in order to not be on the street next year. Okay, I'm not going into that story. That is, the content of that is not important. I'm sticking to a thought and I'm not going there. I'm going to take the next step in front of me and I'm going to be practical about how I live. That's it. Not buying the thought. Right. See it for what it is. You're going into the content of certain thoughts and it's like, oh, too late, too late, too late, too late. It never gets you anywhere. No, not at all. Yeah. Just puts you back on the roundabout. Yeah. You'll never figure it out. Yeah, no, you'll never figure it out. There'll always be another story. It's a story-making machine, you see? It will always give you another one that's equally as juicy and heavy, you know, and needing you to take seriously. Yeah. You know, even working for a living can be light. It's only the thought of it that makes it uh, heavy and troublesome and pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's only the idea of it. You might as well do something. Why not work? Why not work? And you get paid for it. Hey, great. Do you see? Yeah. So a little shift of attitude about work can just dilute that whole package so that mind won't have as much potency with that thought. Okay. Yeah. And with non-duality, you know, there's a lot of jargon. We talk a lot of jargon, you know. Don't get caught in the jargon. You, you follow yourself. Whatever you're doing, you're doing something right, no? You're doing something right because the, there's peace coming. Mm-hmm. I have one question for you. Are you are, do you feel in some way that you're maybe not entitled to that peace or that you should have earned it more? Or Yeah, I think, uh, I think my ego has always felt kind of like a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And just, yeah. and I just, I'm able to really see that, that that's... Yeah. Not true. Yes. I'm actually a pretty good guy. Uh, yes. uh, <laughs> good, yeah. That's my story. And that, yeah, that's, that, that's my story. You know? Yeah, and it's a healthy story. It's that, a great story. I mean, yeah. Why but, not have healthy But it's stories? interesting because lately I've been, I've been looking kind of objectively, you know, at my story and my ego, and it's like, there's really nothing very, I'd be completely willing to give it up because there's nothing very special about it. Yeah. It's just another story. Yes. It's just a, yes. it's nothing there's really nothing remarkable about it. I'd be glad just to lay it aside. Yes. But um, that's where I'm at and trying to yes. just burn out that neuro, those that neural network you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It might be useful to spend like a day or two just kind of saying, you know what now, if there's any belief system in that ego which says it can't be this easy, or you know, I, I, I'm not entitled to be actually happy-go-lucky for the rest of my life. Or I'm watch that one. Okay. Th- that's the slippery one for you. Yeah. That's this somehow. It's like grace is in front of you, and you're like, I- I'll take that little bit. Thank you very much. That's great. Plodding along with this. This is great. 
I, I, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's too much. Some part of you won't let yourself have it all. Oh. Jeff, let yourself have it all. You, you are all of it. You're pure consciousness. You're God. You're the universe. You're emptiness, fullness, whatever you want to call it, but you ain't Jeff. You see, you're something else manifesting as Jeff. Now, if Jeff is not entitled to melt back into what he is, but sure he came from that, how would he not be entitled to merging back into that? But that story will keep Jeff separate from what he really is. Because if he's not, not entitled to it in some way, he's going to stay out there on his limb. Yeah. Let Jeff have it all. Have it all. He's a manifestation from what you really are. I've, I've been struggling with that, that. You know, I'm like, what's the hold up here? Yes. And I, I blamed God. I'm like, hey, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm getting up in the morning, reading, studying. I'm making myself available. What, what's the problem? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got it. I, I got yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're in your own way. So... I guess my heart just needs to open up more. Yes. Yes. Let Jeff be loved by God, because you're God. I know, stupid language, but that's the best I can do. Do you know? <laughs> you know, you're God, you know? You're yeah. all of it. And, and let, let Jeff open up to that and, and just be held by that. You know? He, he, he never had to do it alone. He never had to do it alone, you know? That was just the ego story. To imagine that he was having his own life, you know, just for that experience, you know. But it was God having the experience. It wasn't Jeff, actually. Jeff just thought it was his because we do that ownership thing, me, my story, you know. But really it was God pretending to be Jeff. <laughs> that, that's all that's happening here. So now Jeff is going to run a story that he doesn't deserve to merge back to God, you see? Like, so, so this, this is, um, I get it, intellectually, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But, but there's some kind of shift, that, there's something that has to take place so that you can experience this. I mean, you, you've apparently experienced this. And I, you can explain it to me and I can intellectually understand it just fine. Yeah. I don't exist yeah. as a Jeff, as a person that God is all. And, and that, you know, I, I read something the other day that I thought was so cool. It said, when being touches mind, a sense of self arises. I thought, wow, that makes sense. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, there's yes. got to be a, around this body mind, there's got to be a sense of self or it wouldn't survive. How could it tell itself from the tiger? You know, you, you yes. mean, right? A sense of self is fine, but that's different to believing that it's an individual autonomous thing. But a sense of self, sure. So... But that's my point, though. Until you experience what's behind that sense of self, yes. it's all, just, it's all just words. Is it there when you're in that zone and you're happy? What's that? Well, I still, I still have a sense of being Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I just feel more at peace and yes. I just don't I don't really I'm not worried about much and yes. I'm kind of more in the moment and I'm okay. just living and okay. everything's cool okay you know so in that zone then if you dismiss that and you ask to go deeper 
because that's a very good stepping stone. You know, volume of mind has gone down and it's nice. And if you can allow yourself to have that, great. That stepping stone becomes more solid. Now we go from there back into that deeper zone. That's probably where I'm at. Yes. There's been a couple of times in my life when I was meditating. That it's only happened about two times where I felt like I was fixing to die. I just felt like I was completely about to be annihilated. And it was very terrifying. I've read about that before. And then if you can manage to get through that, then it's got a big laugh at the other side. But I've always... Or else you die, you know, and you're just dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter that, does it? <laughs> okay, but what I, happened? I just, um, I guess just due to the fear of it, I recoiled and just came out of that state, mm. you know, mm. and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I could have pushed, pushed through, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, um, it was just like imminent death. Yeah. That's okay. Fear was just too big. Mm -hmm. Fear still has some control. I just felt like I was going to be snuffed out completely. Yes. Which, I Which is the idea. Yes. Which is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff gets snuffed out. Yeah. I, I'm curious, is that, was that an experience that you had had? Sure. Like... Fear gobbling you up? Absolutely. Fighting for my life. Fighting <laughs> for my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and no matter how much I grasped to get back, I couldn't. It was stronger than me. You know, full of fear, full of it. And it was just too strong. It, 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 I had it's nothing to do. Anyway. It swallowed me. It swallowed me anyway. It was too strong for my fight. And, and yeah, Grace, we get too strong when you're done, of course. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But the more, the more we can let go, the more we've prepared the air, the space, no? Right. You know? Yeah, but when you're in that, it's so good, okay, it's, it's knocked a few times, you know, it's knocked on your door a few times. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that zone and you're like, hey, stickity-boo, you know, life is nice, you know, it's like, okay, dismiss that, take me deeper, take me deeper, show me what's deeper. And, and what you're doing really is abandoning mind and, and dropping attention into that which is not your mind. It's like you're pulling back from mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just, I very rarely know what it's like to not have a mind. Sure. It's always going. Sure, yeah, and it'll always go, but the, you know, it, it's, it's at the side. It, it, yeah. It just goes to the side. I've tried to kind of picture just taking it and setting it off in the distance somewhere. Yes, yes. So it's, yes. the volume's way down. That's right, the volume's way down, yeah, yeah. That's a good thing to do, yeah. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. You're welcome. There's a few steps there that would be very useful. Let's see what you do with okay, it. Okay, thank yeah. you very much. Sure, Jeff. Sure. the mic right over right up close great thank you um 
Well, there's a couple of things I could talk about. Um, what you were saying earlier reminded me of, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day, um, and she was saying, you know, if I'm not enjoying my life, then um, I'm not sending out a good vibration into the world or something. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, bring it a little bit closer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, she, she was saying if I'm not enjoying... Um, That's good. If I'm not enjoying my life, then I'm not sending out a good vibration into the world. You know, I may be sending out a bad vibration. <laughs> um, you know, because I, I do a lot of things like wash dishes. I'm at home a lot, so I, you know, wash dishes and do things that... Um, I have some idea. It's not really why I was, you know, why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, cleaning the house and washing dishes and all that. It's not... Um, I just start getting resentful about it. Um, so it remind so I changed my attitude after I talked to her. Yeah. I um I thought, well, I should really consider, you know, how I'm feeling when I'm doing things and um just be less resentful, you know, that might be the result, you know. And and I have felt better. Um but I guess it sounds, from what you were saying, it's still a story somehow. I don't know. I'm not, I it's a good start, it though. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I definitely felt better the last couple of days. You know, even when I was washing dishes or whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> with a shift in attitude like that, so much of what we, we do, we just do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you want to feel crappy or you want to feel wonderful, you're doing it to yourself. We really do, you know, blame the world for actually, this, this is completely up to me what attitude I want to have here, mm-hmm. you know? And when there is more of the heart and less of the mind, you'll find the attitude will be more open and there'll be less resentful mm-hmm. thoughts going on. So it's, it's, it's still on a parallel of what we're talking about. It, it happens in every single facet of life that something is coming after you because you, you, you know there must be something more. But for sure, whatever you're doing in life, there will be loads of growth in whatever you're doing. doesn't matter. If you wash dishes for 14 hours a day, there will be loads of growth in it. It doesn't have to be anything exotic at all. It's not in what you do. It's what's going on inside. Uh-huh. That's where the magic is. The magic or the hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, (laughs) so was your motivation for shifting your attitude, was it so that you didn't send out bad vibes to the world or was it for yourself? Kind of both, Mm. both things. Um, You know, probably first for myself, but, you know, it was kind of a, um, it was just sort of a revelation in my mind, which, you know, when I went, went back home and after talking to her and realized that I was feeling resentful a lot of time, a lot of the time about yeah. doing this stuff. And, um, and so, um, yeah, maybe it wasn't helping myself or the world by, sure, <laughs> sure, by feeling sure. that way. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good that you have both because, because it, very often when people just do because, just make a change because of the impact on the world, mm-hmm. 
it's really looking for approval. It's really wanting to be accepted and trying to be good. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. um, something starts to go within. Your attention is not, the world needs to be better because of me or I have to make a difference. It's not about that at all. You're doing it in responding to where, where the natural movement comes from, mm-hmm. you know. And the more, the more involved in duality we are, the more negative the emotions. And the more we pull away from duality, the more refined it becomes. And the, we, we, we walk a bit gentler on the earth, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, well, I definitely, you know, felt different a lot of the time. Um, I guess kind of like, um, you know, I, I always have like hundreds of things that need to be done. So, you know, I can't possibly do everything. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I noticed that I was getting things done that I thought about a long time ago and mm. and just... Um, yeah, just things were smoother. Yeah, somehow it's more natural to move from love. You know, it's just more natural. Yeah, okay. yeah. Something opens, you know. And still, at the same time, you can you can still like catch your hand on the door, you know, and oh, and there's a there's a tightening, and that's fine too. That's part of the flow too. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So things happen that make us contract or you know, get instantly angry with something. But the ongoing internal dialogue, that's the one that's interesting. That's the one to keep an eye on. Okay. That's the one. Do you know? It's not about, oh, being full of love all the time. It's not that at all. It's much more real than that. Do you know? It's about being fully human. Mm -hmm. You know? But moving towards that which is softer. Okay. You see? It's it's natural. And, and yeah, you'll see, you'll get more productive. Mm-hmm. It's natural, yeah. It's like an evolutionary move, you know. Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, when I became an adult, I got more and more. When I became a, you know, an adult or when yeah. I got more and more into um, fe- feeling responsible somehow, or you know, I had all these responsibilities or something. Yes, but you know, being responsible is just being able to respond. That's all that is. Just being able to respond. Enough. Do you know? That's all it is, you know? Having a responsibility. No, it's being able to respond to whatever you're responsible for. Just being able to respond. That's all that's asked. But the heaviness, the sense of weight around it is completely created by mind. Completely. We were never really meant to take life that seriously. Really, we weren't, you know? It's not serious. It really is about play. Even when it's full on, there's still some kind of play going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the other thing was um, I, my husband was playing some uh, uh, YouTube videos, and there was one where you were talking about like a space or a, um, you know, silence in between words or something like that. And, um, I, I actually had the experience of it for a little while afterwards, uh-huh. um, but I don't remember exactly what you said now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few different techniques, and if they make sense to you, they're great to use. <clears throat> so one is to place your attention at the source of the next thought. Like where your next thought is going to come out of, put your attention there. And it's a bit of a, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> you see? Perfect. Perfect. That's kind of the idea. So for the next, the next thought now, not your current thought, the next one is going to come out of. Put your attention there. Wait for it to come out. <laughs> it's not coming. It's not coming. <laughs> it's not coming, you know. You see? It's a great way to train the mind to stop churning out at such a speed. It, mm. we, we're just training the mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there, there, there is silence underneath everything. Okay. So it's even under, even under the, yes. the, the next thought or the next... Uh, yes. Whatever it was. <laughs> yes. And even if you listen now, right? There's Jack's voice and there's... Some kind of hum of, I don't know, electrics or a vent someplace. And there's music playing someplace. In a few different places, actually. I think there's a few different gigs around, around isn't there? Okay, now drop your listening beneath all of that. There's deadpan silence underneath all of it. Drop, drop, your, drop your attention to the, find the silence underneath it. Can you find it? No, some can, some can't. It's like you settle something inside, you get calm inside, and you kind of let it come to you, you know? It's like the silence comes up to you. It's an interesting one to do because mind will want to label I hear this and I hear that and it'll stay in story and the mm -hmm. silence underneath doesn't have story and it's just a way of just coming right out of the I hear this the dualistic story making mechanism and dropping into that which is underneath all of it yeah there's something about um, you know not not rushing not feeling like that I had to rush to the next thought or that I only only paid attention to the next thought, but that I um, was aware of, of that the silence in between the thoughts or something like that. Yes. Yeah, it was a nice experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when one goes and before the next one arises, yeah, something like space. that. Yeah, I, it was it was on one of your videos. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I literally you know had the experience of being able to experience it yes. afterwards. Yes, it's like there's there's cracks all over the place. <laughs> you know, let your attention fall through a crack. Mm. You know, because we we tie it together with with this with. With, with mind and with thoughts and we put everything in a sequence mm -hmm. you know just so that we have linear time and so we're going somewhere and so we can make sense of things mm -hmm. but there's cracks everywhere mm -hmm. and it's kind of like something slices down in between two thoughts or between two words 
or slices down underneath what this to the silence that that your ears can't label can't say it's a train or it's a gig or it's like slicing through the stuff that's on the surface the stuff of the world yeah that, that's what it felt like yeah you know just enjoy enjoying i felt a lot more relaxed you know because it's like it wasn't like you know jumping onto the next thought or whatever I mean, there was a break Yes, there's a break. More relaxation. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, something relaxes. It's natural, you see. It's natural to be unplugged from the all about me story. Because, you know, we weren't born with it. It's, we, we, we learned how to make the world all about me. And now we're unlearning it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's the um, story that I thought of was... Um, I think when I was about ten or so, I'd be with some friends, and they'd all be talking, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything, and so they'd start making fun of me, you know, because I wasn't talking. But I, I kind of remember that I didn't really. It's like I didn't have a thought in my head. I didn't have yeah something that I just felt compelled. To, I mean, I think that's why it was. Yeah, there was just no story going on. I guess either that I was just so shy that I, I was just shy. But it seemed like I really had to work to try to think of okay. Well, okay, I have to say something. Yes. What am I going to say? Yes. These people want me to say something. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, okay. Is it like that now, or are you naturally quiet, or have you trained yourself? I've trained myself. To create story. <clears throat> to talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it just story, or do you find that you believe the stories now? I definitely <clears throat> believe them, you know, like that, <clears throat> you know, when I was talking to that lady... I realized that the story of uh, how I have to do this stuff and I don't like it and, and yeah. um, you know, I realized when something changed that, you know, and then you're talking about stories that, yeah, it was a story of, of um, that I have to do this stuff. Um, I guess it was a story. Yes. <laughs> Go back to not believing them. Go back to not being able to find them, to not being able to stir them up, you know? And trust that, look, if I'm going to engage here, it's just going to flow. And if I'm quiet, heck, the world is going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd thought of that, you know, when I was 10 or something. It's okay. It's okay. It's there. It's there, you know, and, and we do what we do because you had the experience of engaging with the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah, people thought I was weird. Of, know, because of course. I didn't. Because they need to put some, some picture around you and, and they need you to give them some material to agree with or disagree <laughs> with. This is how we are, you know? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I forgot to say my name. I don't know if you want to know it. If you'd like <laughs> to share it, do, and if you don't, that's fine. My name's Alice. Alice. Okay, nice to meet you, Alice. <laughs> I try to train myself to do the um, introducing myself to people, telling people my name, because a lot of times I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a story. It's all story, but this is what we do. No, we, we can't communicate otherwise. We, we haven't learned yet how to talk without story. 
who might never learn. It's okay. It's fine. Just knowing that it's a tool for connecting in the world, for functioning in the world. Great. Great. Then, then you can stay observing it and we're just using this tool, you know? That's fine. You just pick it up, use it and drop it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I often forget to tell people what my name is. So it's like, okay, well, I know what you look like and so to me that's what... Yes. A lot of how I know people is by what they look like, so... Yes. Kind of, I don't identify with the name as much. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so be it. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi. Okay, my name is Karina. Um, have lots of stories, and I'm very receptive. And I can understand how know everything, and how I need to detach from that. And it's just a story. Um, I think that the story that is I'm very attached to right now is my, and I guess it's very important for me to be approved of. Okay. So I have daughters. I have a new husband, and I. Uh, to have no family in this country, so I don't want to disappoint anybody. And when I'm approaching this new, which is very new to me, a way of looking at life, looking at myself, I worry that it's going to change me and they will be disappointed. Here that is like, oh, I cannot do that. I cannot let them down. You know, like my husband married me a year ago and he, has certain expectations, and even though my journey has helped me to be more compassionate, to have very communication, like I feel like a journey towards just not doing anything and just want to just meditate. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> so um, I feel that 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 part of me is holding on, and that may be an obstacle for me. So I want to share, I, I, I wanted to share this with you to get your perspective of how can, and I guess you were saying, responding to some of my friends here, <laughs> um, how you can continue doing, like playing the game, and it's, but keep a different yes. thing going on. Yes. So let's fast forward 50 years and you're dying in bed, <laughs> right? And you're like, well, I completely sacrificed my life, but I was who my daughters and who wanted me to be. And I was who my husband wanted me to be. Actually, I was who I imagined they wanted me to be. And I was who I imagined <laughs> he wanted me to be. <laughs> and really, is that going to be good enough for you? No. I hope not. 
Mind has played a good trick on you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trying to keep you stuck. Stay the same, stay the same, because, because they need you to be who you are now. How do you know? How do you know that your husband wouldn't completely be delighted with this, the growth that can come from your internal journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you see, <clears throat> invariably, you've got to like trust that it's going to be okay. Because you have no way of knowing how this is going to change you. You have no way of knowing. And it's all about trust. Or in religious circles, they called it faith. You know, it's all about that level of surrender. But if you want to control and hold your family close, your girls and your husband, if you want to control it and hold them close, it's going to cost you very dearly. It's going to cost you the opportunity of whatever it is that's calling you to change and to grow. They'll feel it also. Because they'll know that you're not honouring yourself. They'll know. Especially kids. They'll know if you're not honouring yourself. And they need a mom to, you know, to show them how to live. It's not in what you say to them. It's like, it's how you live. They, they pick up in ways that is way beyond what you say. I understand. You know? You might have to just take a chance. That, that they will approve or not approve doesn't matter, but that they'll be around and part of your life as you grow. That would be great. But you might have to take a chance because you can't control it. It's the controller in you that's, that's up for execution. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Have courage, huh? to do about that. Can you tell us the story? Sure. Yeah. Um, short, short story is uh, basically I have had uh, investors appear in my life um, and um, offer to um, just help get me out there and um, sell products and um, make money and just like really change my life. So I could stop cooking for a living, which I've been doing forever, and I was really done with that path. And um, 
So it was the, like the promise of this dream to have a new, new, easier life. And, um, and there's, it's been happening. There's been all this support for the last eight months. And um, they were supposed to put like all this money into advertising. And then last week they just pulled out like all of a sudden just decided they don't want to do this anymore and um, my salary, the, pull, the plug was pulled on that and um, they're not going to put money into the projects anymore and um, it's just over and there's no choice for me in the matter. Okay. So I, I felt very shocked mm, Sure. and, uh, and just, um, just really devastated. Um, like the dream has crashed, basically, that I was thinking was going to happen, that they were making a lot of promises about that was going to happen. And um, so I, I'm like going back and forth of just feeling the devastation and feeling the, the sadness and the loss and, um, and feeling also, I guess, my own self-therapy of seeing the gifts in an ending and not having to deal with them anymore <laughs> um, because it was difficult dealing with them and um, and uh, I, I felt kind of beholden to them and um, but I'm not sure if that's how I get out of it do I just think of the positive to get myself out of free of this story um, I guess I just feel like I'm really stuck in this story. Yeah, yeah, the story is very alive for you. Yes. <clears throat> what's the devastation about? Tell me the shitty parts. Like, what's what's the yucky part? Um, okay, well, I was being... Part of the deal was I was paid a generous salary every month to create all these products and this brand mm -hmm. that we would all be selling and benefit, bidding, benefiting from. So that's just been pulled. Okay, but what's wrong with that? What's oh. the, what's the what's the gut wrenching part of that? Um, no more money. Okay, but you can get another job. Yes. Is it really just about money, or is there something no, more? No, it's it's more um, that they just have the control and okay. um, just whatever they say goes, and it's just they're done and. There is no like discussion, conversation, no communication, um, no trying to work it out. So uh, it hits a lot of unworthy pieces for okay. me. Like I'm not worth working things out with, or okay. there's a lot of rejection, rejection. feelings up big time. Yeah. I mean, is there an opportunity for you to get some clarification around why they pulled out? Um, they are really not interested in communicating anymore oh. other than okay. closing the business. Okay. Yeah. Then, so okay. I have to deal with it myself. Then that's okay. Basically. That's clear then. Yes. All right. All right. Good opportunity for you to see that when we need approval from others, when we need them to endorse us, it brings pain. <laughs> yes. You know? Exactly. Like the suffering is um, is because there is all this, you know, promise and great things happening and then that's just ended. Yes. And so I was like caught up in that 
yes. attached to that you must have bought happening. into it. Yeah. What did you say? You must have bought into right. something that was not money. Money is the veneer on the outside. But right. the real pain comes from something else. Because money you can get someplace else. You know. Right. But it's how it was coming. There must right. have been something that your personality was was getting fatter on because now that it's taken away it's devastation is the word you used it's devastating yes. it's like woof if something hurts that much then it was giving you something huge because without it there's devastation mm-hmm. so if we can figure out what is it that the personality was getting from this team of investors mm-hmm. that you gave them the power and you were happy for them to kind of control your career Mm-hmm. you were happy to trade power because they were giving you some kind of endorsement that really you should have been given to yourself because now that it's gone the big gap is there hmm. is it about belie- people believing in you is it about you being visible about having confidence in you what, what's going on there I mean, I think a lot of it was um, just not having to do it all myself anymore. Okay. And having support, having help um, from people that believed in me that wanted to help make things happen. Okay. For me. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And now you're back on your own again? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like a promise to like, you know, blow up my brand and, um, you know, make all this stuff happen, um, which sounded great, but I also had hesitation about that. Ah, you know, ah, so you had yeah. a gut feeling somewhere? Yes. Looking back now, I see things so much clearer Good. <laughs> and I see the hesitation or I acknowledge the hesitation I had before I signed on the dotted line. Um, ah. the hesitation I've had throughout this process ah. um, of, of dealing with two guys that can't, don't communicate very well. <laughs> um, <sighs> Good for you. Okay. So you had some gut instinct, some hesitation yes. all along. All right. And, and so now I'm, I'm like really, I'm feeling sad that I didn't honor that. Yeah, that I didn't really listen to that. I overrode it. Yeah, that's an emotion well worth having. Yes. That you weren't true to yourself. Yes. That your own wisdom actually was onto something. And I feel relieved too. Yes, to just have my life back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Your beliefs around support that you have to do it alone. And that when something comes in, now does it look like you can't trust it? Because when support comes, it can get pulled away. There's some beliefs there that would be worth you pulling apart. Right. Around, you know, around believing that you have to do it alone, really. Mm -hmm. And and that you can't rely on on support. Right. Mm. It might be worth in your next job doing something that involves a team where you're a member of a team. Right. Even if it's jumping down in a salary, it would be good to kind of wire your system so that it recognizes being part of a team so that it no longer runs that old pattern of I've got to do this solo. Yes. Because it's like something in your system right now doesn't know how to, um, how, how to, 
how to share a load because at the end of the day you're going to have to carry it it's like your system believes some at the end of the day i'm going to have to carry this anyway on my own right it would be good to blow that one out of the water i'm ready yeah i'm ready yeah yeah because yeah. it's really tiring. That's it, it you're exhausted. Completely. It's awful. It's a lonely place. It's awful. It's and it's yeah. That's you're right. I think that's also part of the um, the fear that's come up is that thought like oh no I'm gonna have to go back to working on my own again or yeah um, not at all no right right no go to something where there's a team right uh, even if it's just a bridge job you know right change your wiring. Yes. You, you, you've got to get rid of that. I have to do it. You know, it's like the yo-yo club. You're on your own, you know? That's what we call it in Ireland, you know? Do you use that phrase here? Yo-yo? No? Um, okay. So you're on your own. Fundamentally, you're on your own. And it's like, you know what? Uh-uh. In the world? Right. No, no. No, that's, that's, that's separation. That's really duality playing out. That's separation. We are so interconnected. It's kind of wild, actually. Mm-hmm. There's just one there's just one <laughs> there's just one yes. you know so so in all of what you said it's like mm, I think I'd be after that one mm-hmm. more than anything that's that's what's holding you in duality more than anything from a spiritual perspective is mm-hmm. is that sense that fundamentally you're you, you you're on your own really <clears throat> at the end of the day right change that wiring right totally trust your gut its volume is down a little bit too low. Yeah, that's the major lesson. Yeah, in this big yeah. time. Yeah, I didn't ask enough questions that I wanted to ask. Sure, or feel the courage to sure. do that and listen to my gut. That sure. was hesitate, hesitating. Yeah. yeah, and better now than in five years' time. You know, right? Exactly. You know, learn these lessons now because it's all yes. about learning lessons. And yeah, and you know, life is just is just to make you go back in. So it's like okay, just. We're just going to do this one real fast. There's the lessons. Oh, in you go. You know? <laughs> right. You know? Right. So I guess where I get trip, tripped up is, um, you know, when these kinds of things happen, um, it's like, do I just accept it? Like, okay, this is happening. Um, I'm just going to accept it and allow what is. Or, or fight it because it feels unjust. Yeah. And, and that's... That's where my mind is going. It feels yes. very unfair and very yes. unjust. And my inner yes. two-year-old is like, that's not fair. Yes. They didn't treat me right. Oh, they said they were going to do this. They didn't do yeah. it. Did, did they break a contract? I mean, is there some, something where you have on paper? Um, yes, it's all on paper. But, um, I mean, they, they're legally, they're doing it right legally. It's ah, okay. just um, they really did not follow through with what they agreed to do and what they promised to do so their verbal commitments were different to their written commitments um no even what they wrote that they were going to do didn't didn't happen okay so do you have some legal recourse um i mean i don't know if i want to go there they have like way more money and better lawyers than i do sure um but i guess that's you know, which path do I follow? Okay. Like the path of acceptance, okay, this happened, just let it go, or the path of trying okay. to get justice or, or fighting. Okay. You know. Okay. So for my own yeah. well-being and peace. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because it is about you. You're the one here, you know? It's right. about you learning from this. Right. So if, if legally they're more protected and it's like unwise for you to take on these two big guys, yeah. 
All right. Okay. So, so, so you don't go the legal route. There is a gazillion ways of you finding resolution within yourself. Mm-hmm. It's actually good to have that one out of the way because that takes a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of yeah. energy and time. And it's like, the Yeah. That's always it. the last option. It's like, yes. great. I'm glad it's out of the table. Yeah. It's off the table for it's you. Off the table. It's great. Not okay. Let yourself get really, really, really angry at these guys. You know, I don't know if you can drive out to the country and do it, or but get really, really angry. Like, okay. beat the hell out of a tree or something. Okay. Yeah. Really, really get angry. Let okay. it rip. Yeah, I have felt really angry. Yeah. But I need to let it rip. You need to let it right. rip and scream and shout and really let it rip mm-hmm. and be, you know, just a tyrant. Let the two-year-old have her tantrum. She, she needs to express something there, you know? Yes. That would be really good. Yes. And, and you need to, too, to find your, your power again as a woman. Right. You need to. Yes. You know? Yes. You know? And see after that what emotion is there. Where you're heading, when you've cleared the layers of emotion around it, because you'll go into self-pity. That'll come probably after the anger. Mm-hmm. And let that happen, too. Okay. Let all of them happen until you end up giving them gratitude mm-hmm. for all that they've exposed in you. Mm-hmm. You know then, okay, I'm, I'm out of it now. I actually want to just send a thank you out to the universe, to them. Yeah. When you're there and with that, your heart really wants to do that, okay, then you've processed all the, all the layers of emotion that are just bubbling. Yes. Thank you for saying not to go straight to the gratitude because everybody's no. trying to get me there. Oh my but God, no. I'm not ready. I'm going to suppress your humanity. I'm going to suppress being human. Yeah. Like, all the fuel we have to feel and express and it's fantastic it's all yes. there yes. you know i could be like an antichrist with my husband tonight like i don't give a shit <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's just it's it, there's just freedom you know there's just freedom whatever yes. emotion is happening it's alive in the minute and that's it and nothing is sticks nothing mm-hmm. sticks right but i really think looking back over the jack story it's because Every emotion was given its space. There's no fear of any of them. They're all up for expression, whether it's terror or joy or disgust or whatever. It's like, heck, let it rip when it's like this and they're so potent. Let it rip until you feel the full power of what anger is like, what it does to your body. Feel the power of it. Yes. You know, you are so awesome for telling me that. I mean, most spiritual teachers don't tell you that. So. Yeah, but they're all about being fucking holy. It's right. Oh, right. Come on. It's suppression. It's suppression, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this is real. Like, yeah. I am totally There's pissed. a phenomenal life to live, you know. And, yes. and they're not at odds with each other. Somebody returned to money changer tables, I remember. <laughs> That guy that over the, the money oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the temple. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know? Right. Yeah. People are giving me all this spiritual advice and it's so annoying. Like I oh, yeah. do not want to hear it yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah. Maybe in like a week or two. I'll yeah. Like, yes, I get it. But right now. Yeah. No, it's, it's the very, very end. The very end. When you're empty. When you're empty and you've expressed it all. It, it will come on its own that you will feel like, hey, you know what? Thank you, guys. You know? Right. You taught me something, but I hope I never can see you. Exactly. You know? And yes. great. Perfect. Why yes. not? Why not? Yes. You know? There's no rules, you see? It's freedom. That's what you're going for. Freedom. What needs to be freed up here? What's the feeling that needs to be freed up here? Yes. Let it all come through. It's being human. Let yes. yourself be fully human. Yes. 
Awesome. Find Thank out you. what that is, you know? Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. That's really liberating. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing, no? It's about freedom, liberation. It's yes. about that. Yes. And it's on every level. It just can't be for your spiritual self. It's like, no, it's at every level. Really. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. You're very welcome. Okay, well, I do live out in the country, so Excellent. I'll, be, I'll be yelling a lot. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 and it'll rip. Yeah, and if you end up breaking a mirror or smashing a door, so what? You repair it. Yes. So what? You know, it's like, <laughs> let it totally be free. Totally free. You know? Beautiful. Thank you so you know, much. Sure. That's exactly what I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Really helpful. I yeah. do have a punching bag. So. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Use it. Great. <laughs> Thank you. You're good for you. She's just holding the mic. Yeah, and we'll go to yourself straight after. Okay. Great. Um, I guess I've had so many stories, so I don't know what what's what in all. I've had so many stories, I don't know what's what anymore, you know. Right, right now. You've heard so many stories. No, I've, I've you've, lived so You've many lived, stories. oh, I beg your pardon. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, right now I'm in the period of unknown. Of unknown. And then in the void. Yeah. I just started traveling and traveling. I went to Ecuador for a while, and that turned out to be a crazy experience, you know. I went there for solitude, and I went to Mexico City. And then I started driving and driving. And uh, I guess, you know, I used to be in my head all the time. Now I'm just mentally numb, you know. So I really don't. You're mentally numb. Just, I feel something's coming. Yeah. And then I don't know what, you know. Okay. And I guess, how do you separate from spirituality versus science, you know? Mm? And we're... Uh, like, I, I was just listening, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Katie, Brian Katie, the no. woman. She said, everything happens to us. It's supposed to happen, so you just have to accept it. Okay. So are we being guided? And this is part of our course where we have to go through this stuff, you know? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> everything is true some of the time. You know, like what, what was appropriate for the last speaker here? It might be the worst thing in the world for somebody else to go home and get really, really angry because it might be completely misplaced anger, you know? So everything is true for a while. The thing is, your inner gut is where you're going to figure out what's right for you and what's not right for you. You, you know, and the unknowing knows. Now, if there's a sense that there's something coming, fine. If there's a sense that, you know, everything that happens to us is supposed to happen to us. It is, but, but if, that makes, if that makes you be passive and inactive and accepting of everything, that's not what that's about. We, we have to have, even when the personal eye goes, there has to be some sense of, of directing the phenomenal life. There must, if it's completely responsive and reactive all the time, it's like a leaf in the wind. 
That won't work in our culture. Won't work. Fine if you're protected within a monastery, within an ashram. But we're not. So I'd love to connect you with some part of your own inner guidance in front, inside. Because I'm wondering, in, in, you know, whatever has gotten you this far, there's been, you know, a lot of influences that have come in to get you so far. But I'd love to... I'd love to ignite that part of you that might be a little bit more in charge. Uh, yeah, like I said, what, what part of that is? Because I don't feel like I belong. I never really felt like I belong. I went in the service when I was 17. Yeah. Pardon? I went in the military when I was 17, oh. and I didn't. I was signed up to get a college degree in accounting, and I thought, I hate high school. And I'm in, you know, okay. I end up in these things and I don't know why I'm even there. Yes. Know? And then a, something else and just a string of things. Yes. And what would you like to do? I pretty well did most of the stuff I wanted. Okay. I really don't want to do anything too much anymore. All right. Is that okay? Or is there an emotional response to that? Well, you, you know, it's just, I was told around. I, I want to be around people, but I don't want to be around people anymore. I just, just don't want to be caught in other people's dramas, you know? And that's not the way to live. Why are, what's wrong with other people's dramas? Because that can be pure fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess it can. I'm not, I'm not quite at that point sometimes, that point yet. Okay. Okay. Is it that there's a... Um, is it that there's something in you that just kind of rejects stuff? Like I don't belong and doing stuff I didn't want, you know, ended up doing... Is there something that just rejects things? Or is it that decisions have been made for you that you felt should have been yours? Or there's some, I'm looking for something, I'm not quite well, sure what it is yet. I don't know what the, the truth is anymore. The stuff I've been studying lately is about your... DNA imprinting, sure. where you have these programs where they're already in you, and you know they're kind of driving your life. Yes. So how, how do you know what, you, you got holograms, hologram, quantum, you got DNA yeah. activation, I mean, what's the truth anymore? Yes, yes. And this uh, ascension, multidimensional. Yes. You know? yes, so in the phenomenal world, all those stories have a place. There, there, it depends what perspective you look at it from, you know. Y yeah, sure. We, you know, the the imprints are just acting themselves out, and we've no free will, and we're just puppets. You can see where that's valid, and then from someplace else, it really looks like we can make choices because I can make a choice to fill the glass with water or not, for example. So it depends where you look from. There is no one ultimate truth that's in the world. That's the beauty of it. It's diverse. It's, it's dualistic. Anything I can say, the opposite must be true. Everything has to have its opposite. That's duality. That's the world. That's how it works. Everything has to have its opposite. So it's true and it's not true. Every theory has to be true and not true. Every single one. And I guess my, right now I've got to decide what truth I want to follow. Yes, and that's create, why I'm saying going in. Or create my truth. Uh, it's there. If you, if you drop into it, it's there. But it has no story. 
We recognize it through stillness, calmness, peace. And it seems to, it seems to reorganize the world to be the story that it is. And you can see, yeah, DNA printed, that imprint, that's valid there, but you know what, it's not valid over there. And, and you can see both sides and you're not invested in either one because where you're coming from is, is, is capital T truth, not story truth, but that you're outside of all of it, that what you really are is outside of all of it. Emptiness is a good pointer. Yeah, and I'm kind of caught between two worlds right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like something is still looking for an external solution or a mental solution or, a, or in knowledge, in some way that knowledge must give it to you. But is that part of the path? Is that a stage of the path? Sure, sure. I suppose everything is the path, isn't it? But I mean, are you guided, guided by some spiritual force? Or, do you believe there's a spiritual force guiding you? Um, it's it's what lessons? I am. It's what I am. It's your inner spiritual force. Yeah, it's, it's what I really am. Do, do, do you know? I'm not Jack. Like, I, what I am plays as Jack. And yeah. plays as you. Plays as all of us. As, as everything. As that plant. But, but is it guiding the Jack character? Yeah, it's guiding the Jack character. But it's what I am. It's what I really am. Is playing at being Jack. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, we're playing at what we are, but I mean, once you, once you lose all your stories, yes, and you, you just so feel so lost, you know? You, you know. But that's a story. You're lost. You have no story. That's your story now. That story. I mean, what do you talk to them about? To people about you? Know? They're not into half the stuff they're talking about. What do you care? You know? You know? Whatever they start talking about, just start talking about what they talk about. You don't have to have story. People are very happy to talk about their story and have somebody to bounce off their story. Really, really. I have no story. I don't belong. This is your story now. Yeah. This is your story now. You do have a story. Yeah. Do you see? It's kind of a bizarre story, but it's a story. But it's a story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior to story, let your attention rest there and see the stories and the absence of stories the same as everything else. It and its opposite. Yeah. Science and its opposite. Non-duality and its opposite. See, about, see, I'm from South Dakota, you know, and about three or four years ago, I was stuck in a storm, and then my mind started coming at me with vengeance, you know. Uh, I thought, this is the time I'm going to finally lose it, you know. Okay. And then I found a book that says, you're not going crazy, you're waking up, you know. Okay, yeah. And it just said that, just watch this stuff come out because it's cleansing. Yes. But it was hell, you know. It yes. was real hell. Yes. But then they want you to feel so relieved. Yeah, it bursts want, through. And you wonder when you're gonna you know, all every one of your cells is supposed to be in mine. And you gotta clear all that stuff out. Yeah. You think it's gonna finally end, but it's a long it's such a long path. It's it is, but you see it doesn't end in the way imagine we imagine it ends. It keeps going but it's happening on the side. The, the evolution keeps going. Yeah. It, but you know it's just story. It's just the character who keeps evolving and keeps clearing herself up and cleaning up her act. It's just the character. Yeah. And, and she does it because that's out of habit or whatever. I don't care why it is. 
But, but that can continue fine. You, you know it's not you, it's only just a, a manifestation of you. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I, I, yeah. I mean, you want something to be helping you. I felt that one time when I, I had two heart attacks. I felt that one when I was going, I thought, it's not going to end this way. You know, I got to take care of my mom. She had Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. I said, that, you're kidding me, aren't you? Yeah. And I was downtown Minneapolis partying, you know. And then finally, it's come to, you know, just... Yeah, it is a crazy story, yeah. Yes. Or stories, or... Yes, but they're fine. They're, they're all crazy. They're all crazy. But don't make yours especially crazy. They're just stories. Can you see that every story is the same? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them that are, are completely repeating themselves. Sure. Like, you know, it's the same, some, like it's some TV episode or something, you know, just... Yes. Change the characters a little bit. Yeah. The value that you have on stories, let your value system drop. Because you're valuing some stories as being important or crazy or hard to bear or significant in some way. You have a value system placed on stories. They're all the same. They're just stories. Yeah. My problem is I'll get sucked up into compassion to some other person, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like down in Ecuador, you see some yeah. beggar or something, you get you sucked in and it'll bother you for years afterwards or something. You know? Okay. And it, you know, my, my, my story doesn't matter that anymore because I've cleared a lot of that stuff. Okay. It's other people's stories. Are but, but all you're doing is you're, you're pulling in stories from the outside and, and saying, I have no story and I don't like their story. And now that's your story. Your story is that I don't have stories, so I'm bringing in their stories. That's your story. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. You've just rearranged the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I said, that I'll finish up here now. Um, but it's a belonging thing, an intense loneliness, and uh, clarity. Yeah. But the, won't that come on this? Um, a sense of belonging happens when we love ourselves totally. What if your heart is closed? So you got to try to do everything you can to open it up. You got to open up your heart to yourself. Yeah. To yourself. Open up your heart to yourself, and the sense of belonging kicks in. It's like the sense of not belonging dissolves. That's actually a better way to more accurate way to say it. So there's not there's no really profound shift. You won't wake up one day and say, "Hey, wow." No. No, there is no. That was just propaganda that they had in religious books in order to keep people on track. <laughs> it's not like Eckhart Tolle. He spent two years in a park bench. I mean, is that yeah. profound? I don't know. Like, yeah. do you know? Okay. Yeah, it's rare. It, that's very rare. Okay, thanks. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. I'm just conscious of that other guy that we were going to. Are you coming tomorrow? I am. Great. Can we start with you tomorrow? Are we okay? All right. Okay, I'm just going to stand up so I can see people. Okay. Yeah? Uh, I enjoyed your uh, talk today. Sure. Um, one question I had, just real quick. Uh, 
do you feel mind is something that exists, or is it more like a phenomenon? So maybe the more appropriate term is minding. Minding? Yeah, like walking. Like oh right, yeah, walking. yeah, yeah. I, I would go with mind in, yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's the story-making mechanism. It doesn't have a, I heard something to say, it's like the, the internal part of the body. But we can't find it. We can't see it. No, we can't see it. Yeah. No. It's a, it doesn't exist. Really. No, it really doesn't exist. Not in terms of a tangible thing, no. Amazing the potency of something that doesn't exist, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time and for uh, the invitation to come here. And we've got two more days to go. So what happens tomorrow morning is we just go deeper and we go right in. And it's like you kind of go on a journey for the two days. And, um, you know, this is a nice group. There's a nice sharing going on. So come and join us, huh? We'll be here tomorrow. Are we on at 10 at 10.30, right? 10.30. 10.30. And we'll organically take a, a break sometime at lunch, or do you have set times? No, it's up to whenever you want. All right, so we'll play it by ear and, and take a break when we, at some point, we recognize that, okay, fried, brain fried, time for coffee. <laughs> um, we'll, just, we'll just work it out like that, naturally. Okay? We start at 10.30. Yeah, and, and, and we'll start at 10.30, all right? Okay. So even if you're late, just, just sneak in, we're going to start at 10.30. All right, so thank you for coming out and sleep well and see you tomorrow.